It's the Lowdown, hour number two, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. That's Phil Collins. I tweeted it out earlier. A church made a <laughs> a baby Jesus that looks like Phil Collins. Did you see that? You showed it to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was why I played Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, I was. I had a, I and it's identical. Like, well, you yeah. nailed it. It is identical. It, it's And you're, like, very sacrilegious, so you stay away from that for the most part. But it's so compelling. And it's damn funny, I think. It's like if they, you know, they did a, a Wayne Gretzky and Steve Lansky was the model. Speaking of, Steve Lansky joins us now from Big Mouth Sports. Um, you, you've been, you're on fire all the time on, on Twitter, but people are loving your 40 minute pig description of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, did you come up with that or was that Mrs. Uh, Big Mouth? No, that was me. I just come up with those things as they pop into my head. Mm. And I, I, I must admit, I did say to her, cause it's 2023, can I use the phrase lipstick on a pig? And she said, yes, because I, I have no interest in getting canceled for something I have no idea that I've done wrong. And so I just decided it wasn't the total pig. It was a 40-minute pig. So, yes. <laughs> I like I like how you said canceled for something you didn't know that was wrong. And I think we're all in that boat, right? Like, it could happen at any moment. <laughs> at this age, buddy, yes, yes, we are. We are. I'm, some, I'm very, very careful. I run a lot of things by her, and a lot of things get turned down. Yeah, I know. I, oh, yeah. There, there are There are cribbage terms that I have used since a child that I can no longer use. That's the way yeah. the world works. Yes. Crazy. I remember I remember asking her about something that I was trying to be totally complimentary about and she said, "I know exactly what you're saying, but don't don't write that." I yeah. said, "Okay." Yeah, it's uh I won't write it. The world is changing under our feet, sir. It is. Yeah. It is. That's why I'm sitting down right now. Oh, that's a good idea. All right. Mm-hmm. I I think my own opinion is uh, the orders they sent Broberg down today. They've got to call a forward up because they don't have enough forwards to play tomorrow against Nashville. Uh, they've got problems all over the place. McDavid, McLeod, and Ekholm are all hurt. This team is hurting. And when you get to this point, if there is a losing streak, and you know there isn't one, they they can't win two in a row, but they won uh, not last night, but the previous game. I I think the coach might be in a little danger. Do you agree, or do you think we're a ways away from that? No, I don't think we're a ways away from it because, you know, and <clears throat> this is easy, easy, easy. Let me make this very clear. Easy to say from the outside. When you're in the cauldron, and I've been there on TV, decisions are much more difficult than when you're just sitting at home with your remote control. I get that. If you're Ken Holland, decisions are much more difficult than you and I are making them now. But I'm not sure they have to be because you can justify so many things when you're sitting in Ken Holland's position. But the question I would ask, and I I think I've seen every minute of every game they've played this year, do I see things improving? Do I see anything getting better after the, what are they, two, six, and one? After two, six, and one, do I see it getting any better? And I would have to answer no, I don't. Because to me, two or three injuries aren't going to make the difference. And if they are... It's a lot different league than I thought it was. Yeah. So I, I, once it once once my answer is no, my decision's made. Yeah. I, I think I think what we're seeing is McDavid isn't a hundred percent and like they, they lost four three. McDavid and Dreisaitl didn't really impact the game at all. 
and that's great that they they scored three, but they they made a lot of errors. Even though they're winning the shot battle, their their you know CC's pinch as an example. Broberg made a mistake; he paid for it with a trip to the farm. Evan Bouchard and Connor McDavid did not react on the winning goal as you would like them to. It, it's recognition. I understand mistakes happen, but the Oilers make so many that they need McDavid and Drysaddle to play a lot and play well. And right now, McDavid's hurt and. I, by the time it gets better, I think they're going to have to work so hard to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to have anything left for the postseason. You know what it reminds me of, Al? It reminds me of, I think we all went to school with this kid. This kid, this kid thinks he's pretty smart and he goes in for the math test and he, he doesn't do good on the math test, but he's always got 50 reasons why he didn't do good, why he got that question wrong, why that question tripped him up, but he's going to get it next time. And then next time comes and you get the same speech. And then you get the same speech, and you get the same speech, and then you realize this kid's not very good at math. Hmm. It's got nothing to do with mis- they aren't mistakes, dude. You keep making them. They're a pattern. A mistake is something you do one time, and you say, <laughs> "Not going to do that again," and then you don't do it again. Otherwise, it's a pattern. It's a pattern of behavior. That's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. You take the wrong ice cream from the freezer at work one time, that's a mistake. You do it every time, that's not a mistake. That's the way you are. See, I think I'm I, I'm starting to think the bad thing there. Well, I I think that I think they're constructed in a way where they're more offense than defense. Uh Evan Bouchard is in the top 4. Uh, they're, they, they want to move the puck quickly and, and defending. I mean, CC is a defenseman. Nurse defends. Ekholm can defend. DeHarnay certainly defends. Uh, and Kulak is, is sort of a quasi two-way guy. But for me anyway, I don't, I, I don't think this team is going to win a lot of 2-1 games, regular season or playoffs. They're, they're not that strong defensively. They don't have, you know, Adam Larson, I guess, was the last guy who was pure defense that I think. They just don't have those guys. So you, you, as you're talking, I'm thinking, and you maybe you bring up a good point. Maybe the ratio was wrong. The ratio of offensive players to defensive players. If you, if that cluster in Adam Larson, you're saying are defensive players. But I remember great teams. Okay, let, let I always pick the Oilers, so I'm not going to pick the Oilers. I'm going to pick the Islanders. Look at what defenders the Islanders had in the early 80s. Bobby Nystrom, Lauren Henning, Clark Gillies could play defense. Brian Trotje worked his butt off going back and forth. But if I said to you, Brian Trotje, you'd say, oh, great scorer, play with Mike Bossy and Clark Gillies. Yeah, but he worked his butt off on defense. And yeah, until, you, yeah. until you develop that mentality where it's all five of us, you guys, every shift, if we get an off- offensive chance, Let's go. But nobody's going to get caught anymore. This has to stop. But there is no magic switch. There there just isn't one except maybe changing the voice at the top, which I think is is the next step. Yeah. Gerard Gallant gets mentioned a lot. He's he won uh, 52 and 47 games with the Rangers. Uh, and he had success with the Golden Knights and uh, took a cab from the Florida Panthers home. Uh, so he's got a little bit of a background. He's, he's perceived as being a good coach, and he has won some championships in the minors, or in the junior, pardon me. Um, do you think they would go over, like, Woodcroft didn't have NHL coaching experience as a head coach. Do you think they'll go with a veteran guy if they end up doing that? I would think they'd have to. Um, 
uh, it's funny. I was talking to somebody this morning about Jerry Glant, and I said, what, this is a guy who played um, hockey at UNB, and he's a nutritionist in Calgary. He's a buddy of mine. I said, why do you think Jerry Glant would be you know, a good coach? Because we've talked about this before. And he said, he thought for a second, and he said, I think he's got this compassionate component. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, he's just, he, he wants to win, but he also understands they're people and players. I said, can you name other coaches that have that? And he goes, yeah, that guy in, the, in Tampa Bay has got it in spades. And I said, mm. oh, he does, John Cooper. That's exactly what John Cooper is. But here's the problem. And it's, it's a multi-layered problem. And it's why the Oilers were so successful. And it's why the Islanders were so, so successful. Is that coach was there. Al Arbor was there. Glenn Sather was there. Don't forget, Bugsy Watson came in for 20 games one year, and the mm-hmm. players had a revolt, and that was it. Glenn was back. They had the advantage of guys growing up with that coach. John Cooper has had a lot of guys grow up with him in Tampa Bay. He just has. And that makes a difference. It really does, because whoever parachutes in, has got a bunch of guys who are, for lack of a better term, already formed. They are not interested in changing much, especially since they walk on water because they play in Canada. And that, to me, is another big problem. It's why Canadian teams, I think, don't win too many Stanley Cups because they're deified before they ever step on the ice in this country, and that's not a good thing for anyone. Steve Lansky, our guest from Big Mouth Sports. I wanted to ask you about, you know, we're talking about coaches. If you're going to make the change, you know, Leon Dreisaitl can sign as a free agent next summer. And if you're going to make a change, Ken Holland's contract runs out at the end of this year. Um, do, do you see this reaching, uh, and I mean, we're just, we're, we're whatever we are, nine games into the year. But it is a really surprising result. And I do think that, you know, if I'm the owner, I'm contemplating, you know, everything is on the table. Um, do you think it would ever go higher than the coach, or they'll just run Hall until the end of the year and then move on from him? That's a good question. Hadn't thought about it. Um, I say it could. It could go higher than the coach, yes. Um, I think we're at the point, and, and don't get me wrong here, but I love nine games because nine games means you have 73 left. We're not talking 41 and 41. Now is now is the time to do it in my mind. Before the se- you can't win the season right now, but you sure as hell can lose it. Yeah. And I, I could it go higher than that? Yeah, I think it could. I mean, it depends who's coming in, and what are they doing, and and what are they trying to do? Because whatever they try and do, oh, I don't want this to come out wrong. There's a lot of denial uh, in the fan base that I've kind of noticed since I've been here. Uh, it, it it seems to be a component. Uh, without Oilers fans don't seem to necessarily front things up. Uh, there's an excuse for a lot of things. Um, so I, I think that if you're going to do it, do it now. Yeah. And then whoever comes in, brace yourself. There's going to be there's going to be some things that are different. But don't forget one other thing. Okay, Stuart Skinner had a great year last year. Well, it's like a pitcher. You know what a pitcher's like in his second year, Al. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got you figured out. I mean, everybody. These guys aren't dummies. They watch you that first year and they go, okay, I can beat him here. I can beat him there. You're never going to have as good a second season as you did a first season. And I think there's a bit of that going on too. 
Sports 1440, Lowdown with Low Tide, Steve Lansky, our guest for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. You mentioned Bugsy Watson, and it kind of clicked for me that, uh, you know, I remember when when I followed the orders in the WHA, uh, Ray Kanisiewicz would be coaching on a Saturday. They'd lose. He'd get fired by Bill Hunter. Tuesday, Bill Hunter would coach. They'd lose by Thursday. Kanisa, which was back. And the, the, the lore of the Oilers is funny because say they're got here and he, he became the coach and he was a very, very good one. And then they, but he did try to, and Bugsy Watson was one. And then later Ted Green and obviously John Muckler. And I think Billy Harris was here too. They, they morphed naturally with Sather as the natural coach. He tried to offload it, didn't he? Yeah, it's funny because I, I knew Glenn well enough in those days that we would talk about it. And he, he always said to me, look, Lansky, I don't know how long I want to coach. I really don't. And I think, you know, he'd been buddies with Brian Watson in Pittsburgh. He'd known Bugsy forever. So he thought that would be a, a decent fit. But the problem is Brian Watson didn't think like Glenn Sather. Well, Nobody thought like Glenn Sather because Glenn Sather was one of the most progressive thinkers in the game of hockey I've ever met in my life. And Glenn was his absolute skill. And I think, I think John Cooper has this one too. His absolute skill was, what are you best at? Okay, that's what you're going to do. I'm not going to try and corral you. I'm not going to try and tell you to do something different. You're going to have to follow these you know, five rules get your rear end back in our zone, you know, defensively, blah, blah, blah. But offensively, I'm not going to stifle you. You do whatever you want, and as long as it's working, I'm not going to touch you. That's a very – it requires a great deal of confidence as a characteristic, and I think John Cooper's got that too, um, in order to be a head coach. And Bugsy didn't have that, and I think Glenn realized it right away. You know, when there's a mutiny, it's not hard to figure out. But Ted Green and Ron Lowe – and, you know, none of those guys were Glenn Sather. And that was Glenn Sather's problem. None of the, none of the coaches before him or after him were him. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I remember him doing – Sather would – I remember one time he told either Matty or, or Jonesy that he, he lived for – in training camp, he lived to be able to cut one of, the, one of the veterans. He said that's the best thing for the team morale because then everybody's looking over their shoulder because you can be cut. And that sounds cutthroat, but I get that. Well, and you get it because what kind of a player was Glenn? Glenn never, (laughs) ever, 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 ever wasn't looking over his shoulder because Glenn was was a plugger at best, and Glenn knew what it took to stay in the league. Pound a guy once in a while, have an assist go in off your ankle, and, and that was it. And Glenn was never, ever not fighting for a job. So Glenn knew what a motivator that was. Some guys don't need that motivator. But a lot, a lot of guys do need that motivator. And Glenn played that card whenever he could. Yeah. Lansky, you rock. Thank you, man. All right, I'll take care. Have a good weekend. All right, that's Steve Lansky in the community for United Sport and Cycle. The great thing about Lansky is, you know, it's like, um, you know, you're... We're running a shop, Declan and I. We're running a shop and we're doing, we're going along and there's a little activity. People come in and they get, you know, sometimes they buy the gum or, or maybe, you know, uh, some toothpaste or, or, you know, sometimes they need a treat for the dog, but it's, and it's steady. We're, we're earning a living. We're, you know, paying the rent. We're keeping the lights on. But then Lansky comes in and the text line, now all of a sudden, we're selling the, the stuff that we upsell. And we're like people are buying the milk 
and the, the, the chips and the, and the coffee and the slurpees and everything's going up, baby. And it's all pure profit because Lansky has ignited the listener and they're all texting in. So we love him. Low tide, this is frustrating. Every coach lasts about two years with this group with the initial success and then nothing like the group turns the coach out and then the coach is gone. This BS. We're not talking about this in June. No, you weren't talking about it in June. But, you know, I'll tell you, two six and one's hard to avoid on a team that some of us, including me and Declan, picked to win the Stanley. And part of the problem is I think that the coach went away. And maybe he had to because the fact that there's just no roster room because Ken Holland has created this roster with basically 21 guys if everybody's healthy. And so it's it's become a, a, like pure chaos. It's too bad. Because I like I don't I'm not uh, you can go back and read it when I would do the report cards and through the years or whatever. Ken Holland generally and certainly Jay Woodcroft got great report cards. But you've got to perform. And this year the team is not performing. And some of it is injury, which is not Ken Holland's fault, but it is his problem. It's not Jay Woodcroft's fault, but it is his problem. And we are here. All right, it's one seventeen on the way. Our, ti- our friend uh, Tyler Uremchuk uh, from Daily Face Off. I once called it Dangerous Face Off, and I still think that's a better title. But I'll move on and leave it alone. Uremchuk next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. Lowdown with Low Tide, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. I'm in a. I'm back in the new order mode. All other songs I'm playing right now, specifically Blue Monday on that one. Bizarre love triangle, but holy moly, were they good. I forgot how good they were. You know, like you go through life and you get busy. And when you have kids, you go from New Order uh, and Counting Crows and you're listening to Fred Penner because you have kids. Right. So you're singing What a Day instead of, you know, Round Here or Blue Monday or whatever. And you forget about it and you go through your life and yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden you hear it again and you go, Wow. Impossible not to move to that song. Now, a guy like Tyler Yaremchuk, he's probably got the newfangled music, but I'm sure it's got a beat and you can dance to it. Yaremchuk joins us now from Daily Face Off. How are you, sir? I'm good, Tide. How are you? I'm well. I would love your take on the game last night and the next step for the Edmonton Oilers. They played really well. Um, I mean, 98 shot attempts in all situations. That's pretty good over the course of 60 minutes, Tide. I listen. I just the record is frustrating. The game last night was frustrating from like a oh my god, can they not get a bounce perspective? Like you go take a look at that first goal they scored. Wedgwood turns it over behind the net. Nugent Hopkins just somehow doesn't get that puck to go in on the wraparound. They bang around, still can't get a bounce. And then what happens? Well, Cody sees he makes a dumb pinch, and Stuart Skinner lets in a goal that he should probably stop, even though it's a two on one. And it's just like. Oh, they get some bad luck, then they shoot themselves in the foot, and that play really felt like a microcosm of the whole season. They played so good. They dominated possession, shots. Evan Bouchard had, I think, three goalposts. Dreisaitl was flubbing shots from his office. He never flubs shots from his office. Everything from a bounce and luck perspective didn't go their way, and then they made two or three mistakes, and their goalie couldn't come up with a save. That's really that's really the whole game in a nutshell. So... I believe in the numbers, and I know the numbers are spectacular, but single events in a game can have major importance well-being single events. And 
This team, for me, is not a button-down, shut-down defense. They're always going to have to outscore opposition. By that, I mean they're not going to win 2-1 games. They're going to win 4-3 games. And they're making enough mistakes to make it happen. They don't have a 23-man roster, so they can't pull anybody out. They had to send a defenseman down to make a goal uh, to, to bring up a, def- uh, a forward. I don't know if we've uh, heard the name yet, but that's likely to happen in the next few hours. I find this team to be baffling, and I pick them to win the Stanley Cup. What I don't, I, I, I know regression will occur, and I know that's why Ken Holland's being patient. I don't understand why he's being so patient. And uh, at this point in time, I'm prepared to say that I think the coach is in danger. Do you agree? No, I don't agree. Um, I don't think Jay Woodcroft's on the hot seat quite yet. I think we're still probably a month away from that. And I understand what I'm saying in that. And that's me living off the assumption that they're not going to lose their next five games. Like, I think if a month from now they're still five games under 500, then the coach is in danger. But I just don't like the optics of giving this core group another coach. I, that can't be the solution here. Jay Woodcroft, and you know this too, Lotus, is a damn good coach. I don't think he's lost the room. I don't think it's at that point. And I think firing him is just giving this core group another easy, easy out. And I don't want, I have zero interest in doing that. And I don't think Ken Holland will in his final season either. Do you think Stuart Skinner is the right guy to be the starter or rotate or move to Campbell now? In the NHL in 2023, you need a rotation. You need two guys who are capable of giving you quality starts. Look at the Dallas Stars. Got a damn good start from Jake Ottinger, throwing their backup, and he steals them a game as well. You need both guys going and what's frustrating right now for the Oilers is that neither guy is capable of coming through and making a big save for them low tide they're dead last in high danger save percentage at five on five with a 692 there's only like they're the only team below 700 there's only six or seven other teams below 800 it's putrid one of them's got to make a save at this point I'm not labeling anyone a starter a backup a 1a or a 1b I just want someone to give them good quality starts so on the winning goal last night, Evan Bouchard misread the play and then was out of the play, and Connor McDavid pulled the shoot just past center ice. Do you think one of the problems for this team is that even though they're great players, they are offensive players for the most part, and that they don't have enough defensive shutdown types, or do you like the mix that they have currently? I don't know. Like I know the metrics don't say Zach Hyman's a good defensive player, but he's an effort player, and I like that. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think, is fine. Like, yeah, they're not great defensively, but I'll take the trade-off of having a top six that is one of the most talented in the league. Like, that should work. The reason you went out and got a guy like Matthias Ekholm and why you want to have a D-man like Darnell Nurse making the money he does is because those two guys are supposed to be able to be mobile and strong in their own end and take care of those deficiencies. So right now, I mean, their strengths just aren't their strengths because I think bad luck, like their shooting percentage is going to go up at some point. Their strengths aren't their strengths because of bad luck. And what it's doing is exposing the other side and exposing their deficiencies and making them look worse than I think they probably actually are. Tyler here. I'm Chuck, our guest from Daily Faceoff on Sports 1440 and the Low Down with Low Tide. How much of this is injury? I mean, Connor McDavid is not 100%, and they lost by a goal last night. He did not score. Uh, Matthias Ekholm is a big part of this team when they were successful in the spring after the deadline. He's not 100%. Ryan McLeod is a shadow of his former self. How much of this is injury and just a matter of this team hanging on until they can get right? Yeah, I don't think Connor's himself. I don't think anyone would 
try to tell you that he is. I mean, he's got four even strength points this year. Last year, he was just a hair under a point per game, just at even strength. So they, they definitely need more from Connor McDavid. Um, they probably, even though he's got 13 points, need a little bit more from Leon. But I do think injury is, is a piece of this. Ekholm doesn't look like himself right now. There's a few guys who aren't. But at the same time, every team deals with injuries. You need to have guys who can step up in those moments. And right now, I mean, come on, the list of guys not stepping up. Ryan McLeod, I've said this a few times, he might as well be playing with his stick upside down low ties. Because one, he doesn't want to shoot. And two, when he's in a chance to take a shot, he flubs it. Like, good things are happening when he's on the ice. The, the river's being pushed in the right direction to steal a line from you. But then there's just no results. And three, four games and no results is like, okay, you're doing the right things. It'll come. Nine, ten games of no results is like a what's wrong with you, figure it out kind of thing. Nice to see Sam Gagne do so well. I was, I was screaming that he should get ten, but he didn't. But he played well. And look at those goals he scored. The first one, he got that goal because he wanted it more than the nine other guys on the ice, including his own teammates. He just put his head down and said, I will not be denied. The second goal, okay, a skilled player has it on his stick. I'm going to put my head down and go to the net as hard as I can with my stick on the ice, and look what happens. Like Again, Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, Connor Brown, once he's healthy again, those guys should be looking at what Sam Gagne just did and go, oh, damn, there's no reason why we also can't do that, right? Like, that's just the frustrating part. Sam Gagne at 34, 35 years old, whatever he is now, coming off double hip surgery, playing his first game of the season, he should not be your hardest working forward. Like, come on, that should be a slap in the face to those other guys in the bottom six that aren't producing. But at the same time, I'm sitting at Rogers' place yesterday. The section I'm in is chanting, we want Gagne. Felt like I was going to start crying low tide. <laughs> Well, and and that dovetails to the next question is if if, uh, if Connor Brown is out, uh, I noticed on the practice today that Gagne is the second line right winger. That didn't take long. No, and I love like Evander Kane. Him and Sam Gagne outshot the opposition six three, outscored them two to nothing in four and a half five on five minutes yesterday. That duo could work, and what that duo could do is also outwork the opposition. I think those two had the most hits on the team last night. I think Gagne led the team in hits. At least that's what it looked like from my perspective. Those two are, could give the Oilers a bit of an identity here. That, hey, when Connor and Leon aren't on the ice, we might not be the most skilled line, but we're going to be the hardest working line. So I actually, I'm beyond excited to see them work together next game. Philip Broberg goes down. Uh, how long do you think he'll be down there? I would imagine it's just until the forward group gets healthy. I don't know if I necessarily view this like, again, they need him to go down because the forward's coming up. I don't think this will trickle into a punishment send down, a go work on your game and come back when you're more ready. I know he had the ugly, ugly play yesterday. I'm not trying to sit here and say he's been great, but I want to see that guy in the NHL. So I think once the forward group is sorted out and healthy, I think he'll come back up. Uh, And then the final one uh, for you, because uh, they have some guys playing well down there. I do not know if Lane Peterson is healthy, uh, but there's some there's some recall candidates in Bakersfield that are pretty strong. Likely to call up somebody. I haven't seen it yet. Who would you who would you go with as a recall for among the forwards? I think it depends on like are Yanmark and Brown are they is one of them maybe week to week and the other one's day to day or both of them week to week. If it's even a tinge long term and you're missing three or four games, I'm calling up Raph Lavoie and I think you can look at the last recall decision they just made and say that is the argument for bringing up Lavoie. 
you know, the safe play would have been bringing up Brad Malone, right? A guy who you're like, okay, we'll throw him over for five minutes. He might win a couple draws and whatever, give us safe minutes. No, go with the high upside play. And Sam Ghani, a guy who's been a 20-goal guy through, or at points in his career, bring that guy up, see if he can spark the team. Bring up Ralph Lavoie. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? He can't be worse than Adam Ernie was, so bring up Lavoie. See if you can catch lightning in a bottle for a week and see if your bottom six can start scoring and actually helping you win games. Well, the thing about Lavoie is he's going to shoot the puck, and that's what they need. So I, I just think yep. from the point of view of getting a guy, I still think it'll be Adam Ernie because the Oilers are, are really apparently allergic to, to young players right now. Um, final question about Dylan Holloway. I always wondered if he would score. I, I watch his body language right now, and I feel like he's – He's, you know, obviously very frustrated. Is that a guy we might see sent down here at some point? I mean, it's what, two goals now in 62 career regular season games or something like that? Like, at some point, something's got to give, right, Tide? At some point, it's not just bad luck. It's you can't finish. So I really, really want to see this guy succeed. I want to see the goals start going in. I'm not going to write him off, even if this entire season doesn't go his way. But I do think at some point here, if this goalless drought goes from you know eight nine games to sixteen seventeen eighteen games, you need to look at a swap. Like if something's not working, don't keep beating your head against the cement wall and saying eventually I'll break through. Like no, send him down, let him go score six goals in eight games down in Bakersfield. You can bring him back up in the new year. Um, what's coming up on your various shows, programs, writing? Um books i don't know what you're doing now maybe it's uh are you on tiktok oh lt you know i'm on tiktok i'm always swiping around uh but tonight i'll be at claire drake arena to call a little golden bears action they're nice. taking on the undefeated university of saskatchewan huskies and then tomorrow uh pregame live on the oilers nation youtube starting at noon so make sure you tune in there do, now do you get your sleep or you've given up on that now at this point in your career what I do is I sleep with the guide and record book under my pillow so I can soak in the info through osmosis. <laughs> and the feet still growing or have they stopped? Yeah, you know what? I'm lucky. It's the first time in my life I've worn the same pair of shoes for more than a week. So I'm feeling blessed. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> See you, Dad. All right. That's Tyler, your M. Chuck. Funny guy. Now, that's a producer who'll talk to me. A lot of them don't because they get too famous. Uh, and he certainly is famous, but he still talks to me. I appreciate it. Will you talk to me when you when the big uh, network calls and they yes. take you away? Yes, yeah. I'll always come back on the show, yeah. and they will come call. So I know, don't say that tongue in cheek because they'll 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 be coming. You know, me. you're a very talented guy. Thank and you. you think that. on your feet very well. I don't know um, what your future holds, but certainly in the in the realm of of communication and radio, or, <laughs> there's something there. Well, I think there's mm-hmm. a all you want is a spark, and you have that now. The, the the beauty of you now is that you are you there are some gaps because you're young in terms of experience but you don't shy away from that you embrace it and that makes that's good foil for us we enjoy that as time goes on you will have to replace that with something because as you get more knowledgeable it'll be more difficult for you to do that you have to become more than a you know one dimensional kind of uh, radio broadcaster yes yes and always learning always growing those words, they, they don't go in one ear, out the other. They go straight to the heart. I learn and uh, I get better. So I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, people are saying, don't panic. I'm not panic. I'm just telling you your, your future here. This Edmonton Oilers team, that you, you won a game against Calgary. Now you've got momentum. And they're still doing this. And it's veterans. 
but the rookies get punished, but Cody Cece was the one who set the game ablaze. And he can't do that. They're, they're in a good spot. You've got to be patient. Dallas was. Dallas was on three and four and the back to back and all those things that are horrific until they're not. And they won the game. And I know that the orders had great possession. I know that they shot the puck well, but they lost the game. And single events, I know that math favors them. I know regression will occur, but regression takes a long time when you're making mistakes for a game. And that's what the orders were doing. Okay, I think we have pro hockey rumors on the way, and I've got a juicy one involving the orders next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell. Declan Kruger. That's a good song. That's a, you know, you nailed that one. Um, listen, I'm glad you didn't have your headphones on to start the uh, the song there because I messed up the levels a little bit. But yeah, they are a great band. And did you know they were Cindy Lauper's band? And then they broke off and did some solo stuff, and that was one didn't of the songs they came out with. Yeah, did not know that. A piece of music history. I know that you don't. Not uh, a big deal. Well, I got a great piece of uh, music history for you if you're interested. Always. Okay. Um, do you know the band Huey Lewis in the News? Oh, of course. Okay. From Back to the Future fame. Mm-hmm. So. Before they were Huey Lewis in the news, they were many of them were in a band called Clover, and the the Elvis Costello album "My Aim Is True" from '77. The backup band on that album was Remnants and Rollins from the group Clover. They were touring over there, and they they ended up getting the gig to to play on his record. Really nice guitar sound. So there you go. That was great. That was well, good. I don't know if it was great or not, but it passed oh. the time. I'll, I'll regurgitate you know. it. That's good. And by the way, the reason I didn't hear is that I, I, I've started now uh, because I'm me. I, I used to leave the studio at 157, and I got it down to 156. And now I'm, I'm already loading my computer into my computer bag. And by the time you hit the sports update at 155, I might be out of the room. I might be, I'm at a point now where I'm going to work on leaving this show before it starts. I'm Al Michaels. You're bragging a little bit. Just saying. But, <laughs> you're bragging a little bit, but is this a good thing? You're like, yeah, I'm going to be gone. No, look, I mean, one day they just changed the locks. I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand where I'm headed here. I'll There's be, no. I'll be winking at you through the big windows <laughs> saying, well, see you later. If I were you, I would find whomever is in charge and just say, he's gone already. This is getting ridiculous. I don't even know the guy I work with anymore. Start planting the seed like, yeah, Low Tide's always, leaving a little bit early. Always. It's like, yeah, Low, Low Tide's, he's getting here late. Yeah. And just keep keep it rolling. Until- and then you could like follow it up with say, what's this blank page doing? Oh, that's Low Tide's prep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just keep it going until. <laughs> and just all this little, you know, cuts everywhere. Yeah. And like I said, like, yeah, you know? he, leave, he leaves so early on Fridays. Let's just, we'll yeah. give him the, I'll take over on Fridays. We'll you give know, him the day off. That's the third time this week he's worn his Winnie the Pooh pajamas to work. I don't think this guy's got it going on. I don't think he showered in a week. <laughs> uh, you know, people will believe. Um, okay, so the Edmonton Oilers sent down defenseman Philip Broberg just now. Been low to the Condors. They need to call up a forward. Um, my, our friend Tyler Gramchuk said he doesn't think it's going to be a long time. Travis Yost is a pretty bright guy. We have him on from time to time. We love him. And from uh, TSN, he said, maybe I'm a fool, but I'd inquire here. And I think that's pretty wise. If you're another NHL team and the Oilers are 
looking for whatever, and maybe you could get Broberg for less than 100 cents on the dollar. You're taking a risk. He's not an established player, but he's played almost a full season now, I think around 77 games. And this is what he is. He plays third pair, but the numbers are good when he plays third pair. He can play the right side, and I thought he and Nurse played well until they didn't play well. He made a mistake last night, cost him a goal. Young players have that happen. I'm not saying that he was the right pick when he was chosen. Uh, people need to get over that. The, once the pick is chosen, it happens. It has nothing to do with Philip Broberg. However, I think he's an NHL player, and I do think he'll have a long career. If I'm another team, I look very seriously at trying to get that guy. The Calgary Flames have recalled defenseman Nick DeSimone from the AHL Calgary Wranglers, and that will be replacing Jordan Osterley. It was cleared waivers, and he was on waivers yesterday. And so there are things going on with the Calgary Flames. And I I think from what we're hearing, you can expect more of that. There was a talk of, of all of the free Hannafin, uh, others were going to be signing, and then all of a sudden, now they're not signing. And I wonder, I really do wonder, if the Calgary Flames are going to blow it up a little bit. That, to me, would be very interesting. The order lines today were McDavid between Drysaddle and Hyman, Nuge between Kane and Gagne, McLeod centered Holloway and Fogel slash Ryan. Because they're down to 10 guys. Ryan Rashog reported, I'm sure others did as well, that uh, Stuart Skinner smashed his stick on the goalpost in frustration and left the ice. This is not a happy group. And that's okay. You know, they're frustrated. Frustration can turn into good things. And there are some good things happening. Evander Kane is turning it around. You know, Leon won't miss the net. You know, he, he missed the net. McDavid is not 100%. Ekholm isn't 100%. This this season has started badly for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if their coach is going to survive. That's, I'm telling you that now. I said at the beginning, I think he will be gone, and I think there's a good chance of it. Now, um, Lansky agreed with me. Uramchuk did not. So it's not a 100%. It's not a universal belief. My suspicion is that Gerard Gallant or somebody of that ilk may be the next coach. You made some pretty serious eye contact there for a second. Well, I didn't know. Were you waiting for me to finish your sentence or something? I just thought you were going to say something. We're dancing here. No, no, I'm dancing. So I'm leading, but when when I look over and you've got the, I thought you had the mic cracked. I did not. No, listen, if I steal the the show for five other segments, I let you do your thing for NHL rumors. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? Let Low Tide have his little 20 minutes here. He can do whatever he wants. You're so So I I back off. For the Jersey Nerds, Broberg will number five. We're number five in Condors Town. That's from Ryan Holt, play-by-play guy. Uh, and on Monday, you're going to be busy again, sir. It's Mama MMA. Mama MMA, yes. You named the segment, so it's going to be a, a recap of all things combat sports related over And we're going to have Mama Mia. As the intro song. As the intro song. Yes. I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to Mama Mia. You More than the actual segment. Honestly, you, yes. You've brought up the intro song more than you have the segment, which I totally resonate with, by the way. Completely get that. But I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. I think it's listen when we when we put it. Have out you there, heard Mamma Mia? Yes, of course. Mamma Mia. 
Here I go again. Yeah, that's like, have you heard Happy Birthday? Have you heard Twinkle, Twinkle? <laughs> yes, I've heard Mamma Mia. But when we put it out there into the universe that we were thinking about making this segment on Monday, we got some good response. Yeah. So I'm excited to, to let it fly, flap my wings, and we'll see what happens. Have you heard Ring Ring by ABBA? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot. Listen, I think ABBA is a great... My dad used to have them on vinyl and man, play it. And so good. Your Water- dad's smart, man. Waterloo was obviously the one I mentioned yeah. this before. We'd have the dance parties too, but yeah. ABBA was always playing. Like like that. Cooking cooking pa- pasta and ABBA's <laughs> flailing through the halls. It was, it was great. Love it. Love it. A, a childhood well-wasted by you. Uh, Calgary Flames have recalled a Martin Pospisil. A forward. He's been up before. Matt Coronato has been assigned to the Wranglers. He's had a tough, you know, um, early time in the NHL, but that's not a surprise. It sometimes takes a little while to get into the league, as we're seeing with Philip Broberg and Dylan Holloway right now. And if he ever gets here, Raphael Lavoie. I wonder if the Edmonton Oilers... um, it is possible they make a trade. It wouldn't be in time for tomorrow's game. But I, I, I just feel like there should be some trade to alleviate the cap pressure. You know, and Ken Holland can do those things. He's done them before. And sure, you have to give up a draft pick. But I think most fans would be, as long as they're not the first round, if you traded a third round pick and something and got some cap relief, I think fans would be okay with that if you could call up two guys and make the roster a little more complete and give the coach some options. I don't think Sam Gagne is going back down, by the way. Uh, he's, he did more than Ernie did right off the hop. Do you have the uh, Jason Greger show lineup? I do. Connor Halley just tweeted it out 43 seconds ago. So this was some incredible timing by you two. I don't well, know if you planned this or what it was, but I'm, that's how I am. You guys still have that chemistry from back in the day, clearly. No. no. Telepathy. No. Oil Report is going to be on at uh, 220. Cam Tate will be by for the two minute warning at 240. AJ Gass, Bears uh, defensive coordinator and former Edmonton. Eskimo at the time, I, I guess, but former yep. Edmonton Elk for all intents yep. and purposes. He's going to be by at 245. Uh, Paul Skirbina. For the uh, for the Nashville Predators is going to be on at three twenty. Wanya Gretz co-hosting at four o'clock. You're going to be on at four twenty. You just well, wanted to I, hear I'm your still name. Still working here. Yeah, yeah you just I mean, wanted to hear your name. Five questions at four forty. Mark Spector at five, and Craig Button at five twenty to wrap things up. I ordinarily have at five twenty, but Button's on a plane or something. You know. How does it feel being bumped for uh, Craig? Well, Button? I, you know, I could be on a plane. I could. I, there's nothing keeping me from flying. Yeah, you could go book one right now. And well, be on a plane I just, you know, I feel like you know, maybe I'm going to have to, so that I get to be important and move around. Yeah, tell him to go figure it out. Well, I'm just saying, you I'm know, I feel kind of feel, feel kind of like overlooked here a little bit. Well, we can move low tide anywhere. He just goes home and sits in a chair. Now that's true, Big but do- they don't have to, you know, take advantage of it. Big dogs don't get eaten. Low tide start barking. Oh God, I am going to Canadian Tire. But I could probably do the hit from there. I got to get stuff today. Every once in a while, I go and buy a few things. It's one of those stores. Do you have a store that you go into and you want one thing and you end up with like eleven? I do that with Costco. Yeah, Costco's big for that. I don't go to Costco a lot, mm-hmm. so that's that's I can't can't really say that. You know what you get at Costco? The first thing you get at Costco, you take your little buggy and you drive over to the grapes and you buy the damn grapes. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. I have plums and grapes from Costco right now, and that's all I'm eating. 
Okay, clearly this is a big deal for you. I love them. You guys should have seen the way his eyes just rolled back in his head. No, I'm telling okay. you, they're really... They're, look, it's, produce is like anybody who buys like vegetables or fruit knows it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Costco mm-hmm. grapes, Costco plums right now. They're from California. They're very good. It's all deadly. I mean, I wish we could re- rewind the uh, clock a little bit here so you could keep going on about these because I can tell you got a lot to say. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. But oh uh, man, um, next next Monday before Mama MMA, we'll let yeah. you do a little. Now, tell people review. what you're doing this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. I mean, not too much on the schedule. I'm actually going to a Fleetwood Mac tribute concert. No, tonight. I am. Yeah, it's out in St. Albert at the Arden Theater. It's at seven thirty, so I'll be going to that. Zipping, zipping over there after the Jason Greger show. So, uh, what's your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? Uh, the chain. It has to be the chain. Because I've always thought, I've always said, when I, you know, when me and Errol Spence fight for the undisputed 154 pound. Uh, yeah. Junior middleweight championship of the world at Madison Square Garden in 2031. Mm-hmm. I'll probably walk out to the chain, so <laughs> it better be my favorite. But I'll be doing that. A lot of college football, obviously. Oilers hockey, NFL Sunday. You know me, Low Tide. You know you know my Sundays are all my my weekends are all about football and sports. That's one thing you do have. Aside from being naive, young man, you are so specific with your verbal, and it becomes funny. That's why people think know. I'm smarter than I am because I you know sometimes sometimes extend the. the I like vernacular. when you get on a roll and you get excited and you get you you speak rapido, and yep. or rapido, and you you um uh you don't you don't tumble on your words at all. But it becomes well. harder to find out what the hell you're talking about, which I get because I do the same thing. Sometimes, I, Connor Halley, great friend of the show, yeah. nothing but a mentor. He he did once tell me he's like, "Hey man, you know maybe maybe you can slow it down a bit." Yeah. And I was like, "Ah, yeah, you're probably right." Hardest thing in the world to do is slow it down. I have a very funny story I'll tell you one time about dead air. Radio people hate dead air, mm-hmm. and I was in a sales meeting once, and I I said hello. The person I was with said hello, and then there was a pause, and I filled it in with the name of the person. I said I said hi to my friend because the other guy who was sitting at his desk didn't, and I just chimed in, chimed in <laughs> in and, real life. Yes, this wasn't yes. Wow. And my friend, her name is Erin. My friend and I, we sat there and we we um, we did the whole meeting, the whole meeting, and we didn't say a word about it. And and the the client bought what we were selling him, and we go back to our car and we get outside and we both collapse in laughter because it it like only a radio person would fill in dead air by taking on the role of the person he's trying to sell something to. <sighs> That's a great story. Low tide. No. It's been great. It's been a great Friday. Uh, do I have time for one more, or is that it? Well, I think it's time to go now. That's why I was. Uh, that's why I was the one extroing the show there a little bit. We got to get so, to this update. So th- this is you taking the hand of the old man and walking under the car. Thank you. No, no. We love the show. We love the week. We're so happy you're with us. It's time now for a sports update.